0: Hello, and welcome to the Autism News Network Podcast. My name is Dr. Frampton Gwinnett. You can follow me at Dr. Gwinnett. That's D-R-G-W-Y-N-E-T-T-E on Twitter and Instagram. I am joined today by a very special guest, Dr. Gretchen Gwinnett. Welcome.
1: Hello. It's good to be here.
0: Yeah, we are really thrilled to have you. Um, We've been um, following the coronavirus epidemic very closely, and we have a unique opportunity here to get... um, Two doctors for the price of one. So, again, thanks for being here. Um, now, in case you didn't know, Dr. Gretchen Gwinnett and I are married, so we're getting a husband and wife podcast today. So, this is very exciting for me personally and professionally. So, just wanted to run over um, a couple of the updates on the coronavirus. As we know, um, this is a worldwide pandemic, and we are really in the grips of a, something that we've never seen before in our lifetime. Um, just to throw out a couple of numbers that are pretty mind boggling. Um, today, Thursday, March 26th, 2020, the number of cases worldwide went past half a million. So we're at 523,000 cases right now. Um, which So this is truly a public health crisis. Um, the latest data we have for a full day was on March 24th. So Tuesday, we had 50,000 new cases worldwide. And a new dynamic has emerged in the last probably one to two weeks. We've not only seen Italy be a major driver of new cases worldwide but the united states is now responsible for about a fourth of all new cases across the globe so the united states and italy are now running a very close second and third to china and china hasn't had a lot of new cases hasn't dr guinnett
1: no it hasn't so there is talk that sometime this weekend that italy and uh the united states could pass china in the number of cases
0: yeah and that's really beyond terrifying because we Always thought of this as like a Chinese virus and a Chinese disease, and now it's by definition, uh, in the United States will probably be the majority of cases uh, going forward, so pretty scary to think about. Yes, um, it is. Yeah, so interestingly, um, Italy has um, the number one um, most deaths so far with over 8,000 deaths. In the United States, although having um, a very you know, being in third place for number of cases, is only in sixth place. From the number of deaths so we'll have to see america's health care system is really going to be put to the test um have you heard dr grenad about all the stuff happening in new york and all the drastic measures they're taking and
1: yeah, yeah. there there are many states um including i know new york Cal, uh, california illinois that have all done uh lockdowns that they have officially closed non-essential Businesses um, all in an attempt to control the number of uh, cases because we really have never seen something like coronavirus on how um, contagious it is, and yeah. also, you know, most individuals have it for several days before getting any symptoms. So that is also very scary because right. then they're passing the coronavirus on to other individuals. Uh, with you know that neither one yeah. are having symptoms,
0: so they're feeling well, maybe not even any fever, but they can definitely pass it can the virus on to others uh, and then develop symptoms later
1: correct yeah. correct, so and that's uh, one of the biggest reasons why this is so contagious, and I think um they're making the correct decisions to do the lockdowns. I know it's very um uh, difficult financially yeah. for our country and what we're going through and, and individuals, um, you know, not getting the paychecks, which is um, just horrible. But sometimes I read once that it said uh, the coronavirus might be taking away our livelihood but at least it's not taking away our lives Yes. of trying to say, listen, we all have to look at the big picture of what this means and to try to be safe, not only for you and your families, but also for just the well-being of, of many, many others.
0: Absolutely. That's a great, um, you know, little words of wisdom there. I like that. Um, where we stood last Friday, it's kind of interesting to watch the trend. In America, United States, we last Friday had 8,000 new cases and then over the past weekend, the number of cases accelerated to the point that on this past Tuesday, two days ago, we had 12,000 cases. So we're moving from 8,000 new cases a day a week ago to over 12,000 new cases a day in this country alone. So we're really seeing an acceleration, despite the lockdowns and despite the social distance distancing that we're all feeling. Um, so really, do you chalk that up to more testing, or do you think that people are getting that more people are getting sick?
1: Well, I think it's both. Um, you know, I think you have to realize when you're looking at the United States, um, our ability to test for this uh, disease, as many hospitals are rapidly trying to get approval, so they don't have to send out the test, so they can get the test sooner and. And this number really is going to really markedly increase as when they have the rapid coronavirus tests that they're projecting in about a month that they can get the results in a few hours. Um, Obviously, that will be huge and hopefully slowing this down so that people can immediately uh, start quarantining themselves. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah, and we had an interesting um, little story today from a family outing where we went to Target to pick up in the, the parking lot, they can actually bring the, the packages out to you in a drive-through manner. And um, it actually works really well for the, the audience members listening, that you use the app and then you, you send them a message in the app when you're ready, and then they can bring it right out. Um, but then something interesting happened right as we were loading up our car, right? Do you wanna tell the audience?
1: Yeah, so I look over and I see a husband and wife putting stuff in their car. And um, I ask, is that toilet paper or paper towels? And they said it's uh, toilet paper, I think there's two more left, and there 's only one you know one package of toilet paper per person, so yeah. I had uh, you know Dr. Guette Frampton uh, run in, and he did get the last one. Um, uh, yep. You never thought toilet paper could be such a commodity. yeah. Um, but, yeah, why don't you tell about the individual? Yeah,
0: on, on my way into the store, I passed another woman who had a roll of toilet paper or, you know, a package of toilet paper. And I asked her, I said, I'll give you $100 cash for that. And she said, no way. And I was only kidding. But that, I think, speaks to how I think panicked people are about bathroom tissue. Um, and when I did go in the store, uh, the, the store worker told me that they had none. But I checked in the very corner bottom of the rack. There was one more You know, package. So um, I felt uneasy about going into the store because the whole purpose of the trip was to avoid contact with other humans. But once I was in there, I bought a whole huge shopping cart of groceries because I probably got anxious. Like this might be my last trip into the store for a while. And so I loaded up on things like butter and, you know, snacks and canned goods, some of the luxuries that we haven't had the last week or so as we've depleted our supply of food. So that was kind of interesting. Yes, But uh, but yeah, so so the social distancing is definitely taking its toll. Um, have you heard much, Dr. Gwinnett, about like people losing their jobs or restaurants struggling? Um?
1: Um, yes. Unfortunately, and I know they're calling it furlough, um, that uh, individuals who have been such crucial parts of different businesses that as businesses continue to, whether it's they've got a mortgage or... Uh, or rent that they need to pay, but especially the mortgages, I know, um, can be very overwhelming. Um, I am glad that the United States are trying to work through something to help uh, so many um, that is financially, this is a huge, um, you know, decrease for them. So yeah. yeah,
0: exactly. I've heard stories of engineers getting laid off. Um, we heard about restaurants essentially closing down, um, heard about people being furloughed, furloughed. Sports teams are shut down, so coaches, um, schools are shut down. So it's just really the economy is at a crawl and at a standstill. And and what's been your reaction? You've seen the stock market, what it's been doing the last couple of weeks. And um, what's your take, just big picture in terms of what's happening on the stock market?
1: Well, I think there's a, a lot of fear going through all of us of wondering if this continues, how our how even businesses were involved with, even in medicine, how are they going to be able to continue to pay if money is not coming in? And, um, you know, the stock market did end today um, very high compared to what's been going on because it looks like that the stimulus package mm-hmm. is getting closer and that, um, uh, becoming a lot more bipartisan, which is going to be essential um, yeah. for for this to work. So
0: yeah, it's it's funny when you think back. I always hear stories of World War II and how the country really pulled itself up at the bootstraps, and you know you had women manufacturing warplanes, and everybody was you know working together. There were rations on things like uh, pantyhose, so so the nylon could be used to make parachutes, and there was rations on just about everything. But you never heard things about division in the country during World War II and here I wonder if since we're facing really the fight of our lives if we're eventually not not yet but eventually going to see some more unison and you know that we're all in in this together.
1: Yeah I I agree I hope so I think um, yeah we've been too far on different ends for too long now and to try to like you said we're all going through this and see how um, how we can all work together for the best not only of our country, but our families. Um, you know, a thing that uh, that was interesting to me that I should have mentioned earlier when we were talking about how contagious it is, is if you look at that the average infected person uh, goes on to infect about three and a half other people. Yeah,
0: look, those numbers are amazing.
1: Yeah, exactly. So really for this pandemic to stop, you need that number of others being infected, less than one. Ideally, you want it none, so then it just stops um, in its tracks. Yeah,
0: and and that brings up a contrast between Western civilizations and Eastern civilizations. One of the things that I've been reading about is how they got a handle on this over in places like China, which had a huge problem early on, but also places like South Korea, places like Singapore and Japan, because there's been no major outbreaks in those countries for several weeks, maybe upwards of a month. Um, and it sounds like there's, you know, different emphasis on personal liberty in the East versus the West, and there's different emphasis on kind of a respect for the culture as a whole, and and I guess people sometimes will, um, you know, concede to the, the state, like, what's best for the country versus what's best for me, and I've heard some of in Italy that people were initially hesitant to really do lockdown measures and the government doesn't have a role, um, to, you know, to bore people's houses up and quarantine them. And so the virus kind of got out of control. Um, what's your take right now? Where do we stand in terms of an individual's rights versus like what's best for the country or what's best for the County?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm big on the big picture. Mm -hmm. Everyone's, uh, you know, whether it's the county, state, United States, the world of trying to make the decisions that work best for everyone. I'm actually a proponent. Honestly, I think they should have a lockdown. To, because it's kind of it's the rationale of saying why do we wait until we're New York City right. or you know other of these areas that have been so heavily hit because like we just said one infected person go, goes on and infects three and a half yeah and when you think of how exponentially that can quickly get out of control um, so I mean I I do know it's hard but I actually think having a lockdown the United States would be beneficial to make this yeah. quicker to the end and make it um, that people get back to their jobs and you know right. places that have been closed uh, will hopefully be you know will be open again and I think that's a big thing when this does come back is trying to really support these restaurants and support these places um, even now yeah um, to try to help these individuals yeah
0: exactly um one of the techniques that they used in china especially is called contact tracing so there was and this is one of the benefits if if there are any of being in a communist dictatorship the um the state has so much control over there that when a case was identified they had the resources and the manpower to literally track down everyone find out where they were who they talked to and and quarantine not only the people who were symptomatic but also the people who had for for a fact been exposed and they created huge hospitals and huge areas in gyms and public places where they could quarantine people um, and trying to separate the sick from the healthy, um, which is really it's not going to fly here in, in the United States currently. But I guess it really depends. As we're passing the total number of cases in China, we may have to rethink our strategy and get more drastic.
1: I definitely think that um, trying to track down the individuals, especially you know, and see who's been exposed and have you know, individuals quarantined and tested. Yeah. Let's have them tested instead of them, you know, continuing to spread to other people. Um, I do think you're probably right. It's probably the only benefit of a communist country that they just really, um, I know America's taking it serious. I don't think it's maybe as serious as, um, you know, what China has done to really um, decrease the, you know, the, coronavirus within that country
0: so yeah Yeah, exactly and then bringing the focus back to south carolina we now have 425 reported cases this is as of um yesterday or sorry as of today at three o'clock p.m um so 425 cases nine deaths and again we see counties that are somewhat surprising leading the way like kershaw county is number one that's been the epicenter uh, but now the larger metropolitan areas are catching up with Richland County, that includes Columbia, Charleston County, and then Greenville County. So we're seeing the bigger cities being more impacted. So, so generally, the closer people live together, the more ep- more you know episodes we're going to see of the virus. And the smaller areas where people are more spread out, it doesn't seem to spread as as fast. So that really mirrors what we're seeing in New York. Um, so, yeah, it's. And, and do we have, I know there was some hope, maybe there were some treatments on the horizon. Um, we, we heard stuff about Plaquenil and Z-Pax. Z um, any other treatments out there that that our audience should be researching online?
1: Well, no, I wouldn't really say research it yet because literally medicine is researching it. I know that uh, Columbia University in New York City, um, I believe it's this Monday, this past Monday, started doing uh, double-blind controls. Um, to see about the Plaquenil and the uh, Z-Pak. z is an antibiotic um, that's given over several days. Your first dose is the highest, um, like it would be 500 milligrams and then going down. And where they got that from is actually France has seen um, decreasing the longevity of uh, coronavirus in their patients. And, and what that ultimately means is you're not going to get as sick. So if we can curtail that and shorten this, you're A, you're not infecting people as long, but also, again, instead of it going to a really bad pneumonia or things that our body um, can't control as well and, and really our immune system is not fighting as well, um, especially when it comes to the individuals 60 years of, of age, but um, that the number of deaths that occur 60 right. years of age and older. And uh, but I, I read research that they were looking at I believe is 25 years of age to 60, yeah. and that was um, um, a third of the hospitalizations. Clearly, meaning you're yeah. a lot sicker if you require hospitalizations. So
0: yeah, that was. It is scary to think about young people getting sick. Um, I think one of the things that got the world's attention was when that 33-year-old ophthalmologist in China, who was one of the early identifiers and whistleblowers in China, um, succumbed to coronavirus at age 33, which was pretty unbelievable. So um, in terms of the death rate, you know, it's it's we're having a very difficult time getting a handle on the death rate because... Um, you know, like Italy, for instance, the death rate appears to be about 10%. But we know that Italy has an older population. They have a higher rate of smokers. And most of the people who do die of coronavirus have other underlying medical conditions like heart disease, diabetes, asthma, COPD. So, you know, generally younger people are going to fare better. But the older the population, the more vulnerable. So it is it's really scary to think about. And we, we just don't have a true mortality rate yet, do we, Dr. Gwinnett?
1: No, we're still. it's just still a huge uh, increase of cases, and, you know, time is going to tell, um, and for us to have better data um, to really look at this and use our own data, not just, um, you know, a lot of the data was initially based out of China, and, um, and that was extremely um, scary that it showed at that point, you know, 80 years and older it was 15% death rate yeah, at that really point, high. and um, and it was 3% from 60 years of age to 79 years of age, which is really high. Yeah. We've not seen infectious diseases like this, especially how quickly um, the illness is. This is not yeah. a long-term uh, HIV, and um, you know that has totally changed by treatments, but I'm talking about way in the beginning. Um, when they were trying to discover stuff about HIV is the same kind of where we're at right now, trying to figure yeah. out and better understand the coronavirus to be able to make the best decisions.
0: Yeah, and it does take years to to come up with good research, and that's something the audience needs to bear in mind because there's what we call anecdotal evidence, which means you hear a story that something worked, and then the pathway to getting really true good evidence takes years because they need to do controlled trials, which means you have a treatment group and a group that doesn't get treatment, and then you have to blind the patients to you know, account for the placebo effect. You have to blind the doctors, which makes it double-blind, placebo-controlled, and those studies then need to be, you might get one, but you want to have multiple studies in multiple locations, so it needs to be replicated. So getting all that and done I'm, takes years, doesn't it?
1: Well, I, I think they're going to expedite this. I don't think yeah. we're going to do it nearly as much long-term we medicine when i say we um will do that but i think if they do start finding that they're having patients that the longevity of the disease is is shortened um that they might decide the fda um that maybe we should roll this out a little sooner than because the wonderful thing by the way these are not two medications that are new. These are medications that have been around for a long time now, and um, and they are looking at other medications. I mean, even some I was reading about um, <laughs> cholesterol medications, which I, um, the mechanism of action, I'm not really sure yet, but yeah. Right. Um, but, but yeah, it would be
0: surprising if those worked. Yes, yeah. I
1: would be surprised. But the Plaquenil, that uh, for a long time was an anti-malaria um, yeah you know medication and then the, the antibiotic i think when you're adding the z-pack on top of that you're preventing the secondary infections right. that the virus makes you susceptible like to the pneumonia. Yeah. yeah yeah like yeah exactly preventing the pneumonia yeah so um
0: well that, that's really interesting so we'll look for new treatments i do feel like uh, medicine at least in the united states is pulling all the stops like when I went to the New England Journal of Medicine website, like almost all the articles are about COVID-19. We're seeing in in MUSC and in psychiatry, you know, rules and regulations are being dropped so that we can provide telemedicine, you know, visits to our patients with as little red tape as possible because our patients do need care. So I do feel like um, all hands are on deck, you know, in terms of the resources we have in the states, and we just need to keep working together. Um, so. Well, very good. Um, well, I wanted to thank our audience for joining us. But before we wrap up, I just have one other question for Dr. Gwinnett. Um, can I have a kiss? <laughs> here. All right. There we go. That's a unique opportunity. <laughs> so I wanted to thank our audience for joining us here on the Autism News Network podcast. You can follow me, Dr. Gwinnett, at Dr. Gwinnett on Instagram and on Twitter. I want to thank our special guest, Dr. Gretchen Gwinnett, for being here. Any words of wisdom, Dr. Wrenn?
1: No, just thanks for having me, and just uh, continue to stay safe and healthy, and really doing the social distancing, and and trying not to expose yourself. And you know, a big thing we should have said, but I think we're all we've read it so much is wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. Do yeah. uh, uh, two birthday songs, twenty seconds. It's actually I, I I was surprised when I timed of like wow. That is a really long time yeah. of when I think most of us wash our hands. Um, um, so that is making a huge difference uh, there.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you. And thank you to the audience for joining us on the Autism News Network podcast. We will see you next time. Thanks.